Hi, I'm Patty. I'm Kim Michelle. And I'm Jill. Welcome to our podcast. It's a great day to talk. Because honestly, what day isn't a great day to talk? So join us in our conversation. A Great Day to Talk is brought to you by St. George Design. Offering complete website design, social media management, search engine optimization, Google and Facebook ad management, and many other digital and print marketing services. StGeorgeDesign.com And by Richardson Brothers Custom Homes, third-generation builders who have been building custom homes in southern Utah for over 25 years. They will take your dream home from concept to completion. Contact RichardsonBrothers.com the April Gates Group and Zion Canyon Real Estate have been specializing in helping Southern Utah clients buy and sell property for over 18 years. We can help you too. Call or text April today, 435-632-8869, 435-632-8869. Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Great Day to Talk. I'm Kim Michelle, and I'm here with my wonderful, fantastic, and fabulous friends, Miss Patty Richardson. Yes. Hello. I'm trying to get it to share. <laughs> and our dear friend, Miss Jill Burkett. Who missed, we missed last time so much, but we sure enjoyed having Marnie here, which yeah. I know is a great yes, friend of she yours. Is so uh, yeah. Amazing. I yeah. can't wait to go back next week. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> so if you missed that podcast, now's a perfect time to go back and take a listen on how to really um, enjoy and employ some self-care but not just because it is because it feels good yeah it feels good but because it actually allows you to show up more in the space that you want to show up in it actually is yeah but it is i mean medicinal yeah 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 (laughs) i'm telling you what i had to go in there last was it last week when i got back from my conference and i had the knot she said it, it was like a six inch knot in my trapezoid of my shoulder. Am I too mm-hmm. loud? Yeah. Yeah, I am too Ooh, loud. Well, didn't oh, I thought you, were you went, like, you went the day before Thanksgiving and I went the morning uh, before that, Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't go at all. Well. Oh, I gotta get on hey, that bandwagon a yeah. little bit more. You I know gotta I gotta get, you gotta get on the schedule. I know that's the key. She definitely knows what to do and how to do it. And I just honestly, it's been part of my um, self care. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I you know we everybody uses that uses that phrase now. It's like, are you doing your self care? Are you taking care of yourself? Kind of thing. But this really is. I, since my surgery, yeah, um, on your rotator cuff, on my rotator cuff, I well, even before that, after my last surgery, I started going to see Marnie and have tried to make sure that I go in like once a month. And people will say, "Oh, that's so frivolous," and it's like, no, no, my structure, my muscles, the knots in my neck, my headaches, mm-hmm. all of those things. Um, it's taking care of myself. It really, really is not to, not to mention the fact that it just does my mental state such a good thing too, but it's my physicality. The older I get, well, 
I'm not getting older. I wouldn't just, know, you know anything about that being the <coughs> right, oldest person right. on this podcast. Well, yeah. Well, you're the one that said that, not us. Well, uh, it's obvious. <laughs> it goes without saying. Yeah. And I would say, you know, I, I mean, I think that's one of the things that's so great about that kind of service is that it is it's more of a holistic. Mm-hmm. You can do individual things, but that type of service uh, in particular will treat the entirety of you. Yes. And um, so I just was so thrilled to have her here and we missed you. Of I course, missed you guys, uh, mm-hmm. we know how much you love her yes, and I she do. loves you. She's fabulous. And um, my only thing would be, you know, if you have had a massage and you didn't feel that those kinds of things, I would just encourage you to keep going to some until you find somebody who yes. helps you feel that way mm-hmm. yeah. because um, she's a master. She's not the only master, but there are some who are going to provide you more than others. And you deserve to find the one who's really going to provide all of that. Right. So. And, and it's so, this is cliche. I tell my students, don't use this in your writing in today's world. Yeah. It is so important. And I'm here to tell you, we know it mm-hmm. is in today's world, in today's world, <laughs> in the life, in the rat maze that we run through. Yeah. It is, if we're going to continue running, we have to create a place where at least our physicality allows us to run. Yeah, absolutely. I so. agree with that. So we're thrilled to have uh, Miss Jill back. And Thank you, actually she was gone because she was at a convention. And so one of the things that I think uh, is a grounding space for all of us is a belief in continually challenging and growing yourself so that you don't become stagnant, so that you can still find joy in the process of learning and knowledge and something new and something you haven't heard of, or a reinforcement of something you already believe to be true, and maybe it had gotten lost in the chaos of what is your life, and then it speaks back to you again. So one, I acknowledge you for that continuing education and seeking it out. Uh, And we also wanted to, uh, Patty and I wanted to give you a moment to just talk about the experience of being in that conference um, from both a professional level, but also a personal level. And then, you know, we're book lovers. And we, when we first started the podcast, we had a book a month and we talked about it. And then a lot of people weren't reading the book. And so we're like, "Hmm, maybe we will move away from that. But whether you choose to read the book or not, I think that's kind of on you. I think we still get to provide the recommendation and we haven't done that for a while. So we're going to make a recommendation uh, this month for you to take a look at. So I'm really, really excited about that that. The truth is, if if I stopped doing everything because my students in my classroom aren't doing it, then we'd only be asking for to go to the bathroom (laughs) and um, getting a drink of water, getting a drink of water. That's what my class would consist of. And can we leave early today? Yeah. Is that possible? Can I leave early? Or uh, I missed the last week. Did we do anything while I was gone? Am I going to wait around next class? Is there anything important? Nope. We only are doing bathroom breaks. Can I get a drink of water and leaving early? That's it. That's all we're doing. I miss laughing with you guys. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, <sighs> Kimisha, I was going to say, you know, whether or not people read the books that we talk about, they get to hear about the book. Yeah. And so oftentimes you talk about different themes yeah. that were present in the book. And so I think that even gives the I listeners. I do too. We're bringing that back. Uh, so a big holla. Holla. If you want us to bring it back. And silence if you don't. And then we're bringing oh, it back anyway. anyway. Holla. Okay. Sean. Is there any chance to get Facebook comments? I'm working on it. Okay. See, the, see this little blue line that's bouncing oh, back and forth? It's oh, loading. trying to load. Loading. Trying to no, load. Nobody else can see it except me, and I've clicked on it for like the last two minutes. Oh, well, we waiting. can see it over here. Yeah, I'm we watched it. It's okay. It's, it's okay. Thank it's, you. It's, it's a thing. It's yeah, great. It's a thing. I got to contact customer support. We never have technology problems in our no. classrooms, so I do not know what you're talking about, Mr. <laughs> professional over there. Okay. Did I, miss so. any, did I miss anything while I was gone? No. No, no not a not thing. A, not, a. not a thing. So, did you need to go to the bathroom or get, or a, get drink? a drink? Since you've just only been in here my class for and like 30 seconds. what are we going to miss? Are we going to miss Nothing. something important? Not miss a thing. Won't miss a single <laughs> solitary thing. Oh, no. my hell. We just sit and wait. We just wait for you. I know. I do say that sometimes, which I know I should not. But I cannot help myself when a student's been gone for like a week or two weeks. Did did I miss? Did we do anything? Oh my gosh! No, no, we no didn't. I, I passed we out just coloring waited, sheets. Waited for you to come back. That's all we could. That anticipation kept breath. us going. We waited yeah. with bated breath. My yeah, friend. <laughs> exactly. I know right. that I'm not supposed to do. I can't help. I just can't. Help. It's hard to not be sarcastic. Well, so that's why Jill, we teach yeah. seniors. Tell us about the they National love it, right? Teachers of do. English Conference. The yeah. Yeah. Or so National NC, Council of yes. Teachers National of English. National Council of Teachers of English. And this is kind of the gold, not kind of, this is one of the gold standard conferences for teachers of English at all grade levels, all the way through uh, university level. And I've been to it several times. This is the first time I've been in several years. We've I've tried to, with my principal, tried to get us there, my department there in the last couple of years, but because of the RONA, um, this is the first year that it's been live again. And wow. Um, all I can say is that I was with my people. Yeah. And um, besides my people right here. Right? Sure. Yeah. Just with your other people. Just with my other yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Uh, a conference, thousands and thousands of people that I didn't know but knew. Mm-hmm. And the speakers, the keynote speakers, they had a keynote in the morning, they had a keynote in the afternoon, and then all of the workshops during the day. And not to mention the hundreds of authors that were there, Mm -hmm. young adult literature authors that were there to sign autographs and share their new pieces of writing and some of their old pieces of writing. And, and just, I mean, come on, let's just face it. As an English teacher, I'm pretty much a fangirl of authors. So. Yeah. Yes. And you posted that's going to be her, gonna be her yep. book, Fangirl, fangirl of, girl authors. of Authors. Yeah. And mm-hmm. just met and re-met some authors that I've I've met in the past. Um, there's one author named Ellen Hopkins, and she writes some powerful young adult lit that she writes in prose and it's hard, it's hard hitting reading and it's hard for people in our community because not a lot of people in our community are faced with the challenges of, um, the things that she writes about. Mm-hmm. And so when, or went, we don't acknowledge we we're don't, faced with exactly. the challenges. That's, yeah. the, that's mm-hmm. really more the honest yeah. truth. So when I met her in New York city several years ago at the conference, um, she signed one of her new books for me and we had just such an amazing conversation Well, she was at the conference again. One of my students right now is reading her book 
one of her books, she said, you know, Mrs. Burkett, can I go down and pick out a new books? Cause I a book because I have my kids read for the first 15 minutes of yeah. every class period. So she went down and found this book and came back and I saw who it was. And I was like, Oh my gosh, honey. Oh my gosh. You, you've got to hear about this. So we started talking about this conversation I had with this author and the student was, you know, probably already two thirds of the way through the book, maybe halfway through the book and was just in love with her. So when I was there, I resaw, I resaw, I remet Ellen Hopkins and was so thrilled. She wasn't there, um, as anything other than a participant at this conference. And she was so willing to sit down and visit with me and I could tell her about my student and how powerful her book is for her and I said, would it be really awkward if I asked you to sign just an autograph for her? And she said, heavens no. So she wrote this beautiful note oh. to my student. And oh, it's how fun. just, I mean, it's stuff like that. People like that, that I just, you know, I just am so privileged to be able to have conversation with. I met so many of the, you know, spoke with some of the key author or the key note speakers that were there. One, Nick Stone, who is just knock your socks off with her writing and and the writing is so poignant and the writing is so honest and truthful and and teaches us about things that are going on in the world that we need to know so that we can build empathy and mm -hmm. we can experience feeling for others mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and so anyway this conference I just I left there, was exhausted every day. I'd get back to the hotel and all I could do was put my hair up on my head, wash my face and get in my pajamas and crochet or watch movies because Just I was calm so, down yes, so you could yes, sleep. Yeah. Because there was so much powerful information. Oh, I love that so much. So I just, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing, amazing, amazing. So anyway, I was grateful to go. Our principal sent us, we're, very lucky that we were able to go because yeah. a, lot, a lot of people that were there had to pay their own way. Um, and they, and they do it. They do right. because it's such, such a powerful place to be in place to go yeah. to be recharged. So I was very thankful and very grateful to go do that with my department at my school. I love to hear that so much. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, I've been to the NCT con NCTE conference yeah. twice. Kim Michelle, we talked about this yeah. last time. You and I went to San Francisco and then you and I went to it in Vegas, Vegas probably yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah, because I was still over at Pineview. Yeah. But um, with that in mind, you are reading a book. Oh, that my you gosh. said we want. And I've thought about it and thought about it. I've skimmed through it. Yeah. I mean, past it because I'm trying uh -huh. to. What is the book that really I can put time and energy into? Yeah. Right? Because yeah. I, I need. I want to. It's such a healing process for me. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I can't spend time and energy in a book that's not going to be right. there because I don't, don't have, have that time. Right. I don't yeah. have it. Mm -hmm. yeah. right. And that's yeah. it. I mean, we, with, with what we do with our profession and the amount of time that we read student work and spend working with students... Our personal reading, I know you guys are the same way. It's like we have Christmas break and we have summer break and we jam in as much reading much as, as we, we can. can yep. So, you know, because I'm driving up north a lot to go be with my, my brother and then there was all the hockey driving, I've really turned into an audible listener because that's 
where I can get some things in. So anyway, I'd listened to a podcast with Glennon Doyle and um, Abby Wambach and her sister. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this this author, Celeste Ang, was Mm -hmm. one of their guests, which I love all of their guests Mm -hmm. that are on there. So that's Little Fires Uh Everywhere. She did. She wrote Little Fires Everywhere. What I Never Told You. Yes. Yes. Which I love. Such a powerful writer. And the thing that's so interesting about her is that she writes these books she starts these stories years before what she's writing about becomes a very strong element or or um situation and she finishes these stories book gets published it goes out and what she's written about is first and foremost in our society or what we're dealing with in in our culture and our social circles and stuff. So anyway, read this book or heard this podcast and I, I didn't realize she had a new book out. So I was thrilled. So I finally, um, grabbed it and I actually just started listening to it yesterday and I can't stop. Um, this is her. She's new probably book. listening to it in one ear right now as yes. she's on the podcast. <laughs> so stuttering so that's a how lot. Well, I don't I know like, if they're listening to me. They're definitely listening to <laughs> well, what's in their ear. I know, I'm but, like, take your AirPod out. Yeah. Well, I don't have my phone, but it's on really, really low. Right? Well, I don't care. Do like, okay. If I can see your AirPods, they belong to me. Are you going to be fine? So, You're going to so be fine. So my whole family's getting AirPods for Christmas. Do they know that? <laughs> yeah, because I confiscated well, them from all of my students. Oh, there you go. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Just going to resync a few things. That's all we're going to do. <laughs> no, I'm, I love my AirPods. Yeah. I love talking on the phone in with my AirPods. I like cleaning yeah. my house, listening to music or a book, mowing the lawn, listening to yeah, yeah. But I can't listen and have a conversation. No, I can't do it either. So I, can't I either. don't know how my students think. They I don't can. either. Well, if, you, no, if you're going to steal AirPods, you really have to like get down to bare bone settings. Because I uh, some of the races I did this summer, people keep losing uh, earbuds all the time. Right. Yeah. Well, somebody found a pair, brought them home. Nobody claimed them, and then they get a note in the mail because they had a tracking device <gasps> on them. Oh, yeah. And the note said, do the right thing. Return my AirPods to me. Oh, my gosh. thousand miles away. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they gave- should respond, do the right thing and write your name offer on me something because I found it and rescued your AirPods. Right. I could have well, just yeah. stepped on He gave them. them to his kid. His kid connected them to the Bluetooth. Bluetooth was on the internet. It got dinged. It got pinged. Mm-hmm. And then they got a note a week later. That's yeah. so That's crazy. Cool. Yeah. That's so, interesting. So yeah, they when, said, when did you, they do the right thing? When you steal your ki- your students' AirPods, make no. sure you wipe all the information. There's no stealing. That's, that's There's no at. stealing. I don't. I'm not a thief. Five finger discount. They know right. that I, I mean, took them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Um, this book has also been picked as a um, Reese Witherspoon best. Yes. Witherspoon. 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 So it's probably that. coming as a movie soon if she picked it up. I right. think that they talked that, about it. Is she it. the one that did Little Fires? Yeah, she, she is. did Little mm-hmm. Fires everywhere. Yeah. And what is the title of the so book? So the title of this book is is um, Our Missing Hearts. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to read the synopsis because yeah. I'll slaughter it. There's you won't, no way, but you think but you will. So, so read the synopsis. Okay. So, and I have no, to turn it. No, I think it. she will. I will. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Because sometimes I can't even get through my name without screwing oh, that is, up. You yes. are you are really enjoying our for real dinner conversation. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. So here we go. I have to turn it sideways. And excuse me while I take my glasses off because we know how that works for me. Okay. 
12 year old bird, yes, as in mm-hmm. the flying gardener, lives a quiet existence with his loving but broken father, a former linguist who now shelves books in a university library. Bird knows to not ask too many questions, stand out too much, or stray too far. For a decade, their lives have been governed by laws written to preserve, quote, American culture, end quote, in the wake of years of economic instability and violence. So this is dystopian. This is semi-dystopian. S- I don't know. Oh, that's what I read. I don't I, I don't know that I would call it that. Oh, well, that's interesting then. I would call this then. pretty much where we are right where now. Where we are right now. Okay. Um, to keep the peace and restore prosperity, the authorities are now allowed to relocate children of descendants, especially those of Asian origin, and libraries have been forced to remove books seen as unpatriotic. Oh, so it's not dystopian. Right. Got it. Including the work of Bird's mother, Margaret, a Chinese-American poet who left the family when he was nine years old. Bird has grown up disavowing his mother and her poems. He doesn't know her work or what happened to her, and he knows he shouldn't wonder. But when he receives a mysterious letter containing only a cryptic drawing, he's pulled into a quest to find her. His journey will take him back to the many folk tales she poured into his head as a child through the ranks of an underground network of librarians into the lives of the children who have been taken and finally to New York City, where a new act of defiance may be the beginning of much needed change. Our Missing Hearts is an old story made new of the way supposedly civilized communities can ignore the most searing injustice. It's a story about the power and limitations of art to create change, the lessons and legacies we pass on to our children, and how any of us can survive a broken world with our hearts intact. The thing that's so uh, powerful for me is that so much, so many things that were talked about at this conference were stories. It was about stories Mm -hmm. and how each one of us needs to have stories we can connect to Mm -hmm. and how there's such limited stories for anyone outside of a white culture Mm -hmm. that are in our mainstream arenas Mm -hmm. and how connection through literature is something so powerful that it saves lives all the time. Mm -hmm. We need to see books that represent us. We need to see writing that represents represents us. And we need to connect to people that we feel represented by. Mm -hmm. Which is why meeting these authors was such a powerful experience for me. I can only imagine. Why young adult lit is so powerful for me and why our current culture of trying to eliminate things diversity that yeah yeah trying to limit diversity and limit and limit what our students who may look a certain way but don't feel a certain way Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how they don't have representation anywhere and they don't have connection anywhere and it's such a powerful space for me that this book i it's it's haunting to me yeah I've had an eye well, twitch, right? Well, and I most I of the day about this about this book. So I also feel like um, even if that all demographics need to be represented in film, yeah, commercials, TV, right, all me- forms of media, finally, um, books, finally, even if a certain demographic is a small percentage mm-hmm. of 
the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter, and I don't think it or has to be not proportionate just nation, to, right. the, to the place, to the, our, yeah, the society, place. the culture, of the that city area. you live in. So it's a small population. There still should be somebody that represents that. Yes, and it's not really taught in the like our history isn't Mm-mm. taught that way. No, and um, so I, I just have I've heard a little bit of pushback about. Why does that have to happen when it's really such a small pers- percentage? Doesn't because matter. All percentages doesn't matter. All percentages. Everyone needs matter. to have a representative, and it's just like, you know, Disney princesses don't. You know, not every person is represented as a dip- Disney princess, right? Right. And um, so, anyway, I just I w- was struggling with someone telling me that it shouldn't be as big a percentage as it is when. It's such a small percentage of people that fit that demographic. We shouldn't. Well, and so I mean, that may be somewhat true because and I think why young adult authors are leading the way on this diversity. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have to believe that comes from their experience Experience. Uh from that. Um, and I think what's so important, this is, this is, if nothing else is heard, this would be my one message. You can't determine for someone else what they would find to be unique and supporting of their life experience. Absolutely. You cannot determine that for someone else. That's why it's so dangerous for someone to determine for someone else what they have some kind of exposure to based on their life experience. Because your life experience is only that one singular life experience. That's it. Yep. So I just, I, I mean, I really acknowledge the why the young adult um, authors, because I think they're really they're forging. Brave. They're so brave. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that she in particular, Celeste Ang, is not a young adult uh, necessarily. That's not her segue. But I have to say that the books that she writes are um, young adults will find them incredibly inspiring. But that's what I would say to the adult world, too. If you are not experiencing any adult young adult literature, you should, because Mm -hmm. there's just some amazing, powerful stories that could change your view of the world around you through a beautiful story. I feel like what I never told you, is that what it's called? Things I never... The things, things I, I never ne- told you. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I love that. And Even it, more than Little Fires Everywhere. Absolutely. I loved yeah. that book. And it yeah. rang true to her own ethnicity mm-hmm. as um, Chinese American. Yeah. yeah. And not speaking truths. Yeah. Right. And, Hiding. Right. Yeah. And and from the culture, mm-hmm. they couldn't talk about these things and what a ripple effect it had yeah. if they had been able to talk about these things, you know, the difference. The things difference. could have been very different. Right. Yeah. And so, and it, so it gave me some insight into her world, even if that's not my world, it gave me insight into that and I loved it and I get, be, created more empathy. Right. And that's what you started this conversation around is. Yeah. And I think really great authors, they can appreciate how you can have a unique storytelling point of view and that will appeal to the, those who find themselves in that writing, but good authors will expand the vision so that even if I'm not 
that's not my experience of the world. I didn't experience that, but I can sure have empathy for this character in this story that is facing mm-hmm. that. And I think that that is a powerful revelation as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. well. You know, and to add to that, yes, it helps us to create empathy and it helps us to create empathy for people that have those experiences and it helps us to recognize how a couple of things, you know, wow, isn't my life a piece of cake or wow, I can see where they were faced with those choices and and now I can see how they made that choice and it didn't work out so well. So maybe I don't need to make that choice when if I were ever yeah. faced with that choice. Well, and... I think we sometimes judge, well, not sometimes, but we judge other people's choices because we haven't been in that situation. Absolutely. And so then reading about it, we might go, okay, I I can understand why that was their choice now. Yeah. I, that's, or even if you can't, what a great conversation Mm -hmm. about, okay, so what would have been the choices available to you Mm -hmm. and what would have you chosen? And do you believe those same choices were available to the character in the uh, right. book. I love that. Yeah. Because, oh my gosh, especially in some of our homogenized mm-hmm. culture here mm-hmm. where we see so many people that have a lot of choice yeah. and support. And so their decisions around anything are going to be different than yeah. somebody that has limited options or limited choice or limited support. They're, they're, their decisions are going to be different. Right. And it's really hard to see how someone else would respond when you're only in. Yeah. When you score very low on the aces, aces scale. Yeah. When you score one out of 10 or zero, I score, I'm a zero. Yeah. And uh, on the adversive childhood experiences. So, um, you score a zero or lower or lower than a two. And so your choices to go to college or to whatever are different than somebody who scores five or six. Yeah. And your choices, your, your coping strategies are different. Yep. And so a person that scores zero, one, two have probably experienced better coping mechanisms or they've probably learned better coping skills. And those that have scored a five, six are in survival. And so their coping skills are not, the same. And so that's what leads to the mortality rate. Yeah. So the higher your ACE score, except for there are things that get you out of your score, resilience, intelligence, mm-hmm. but most importantly, one solid adult, mm-hmm. which if we want to be honest, if we're not careful, even if we think we're a one solid adult, mm-hmm. we don't necessarily, we really necessarily aren't necessarily a solid adult. We have to rec- I mean, realize a solid adult or in their relationship or that person. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. You know, yeah, like it, sometimes we can, we can think, oh yes, I'm a solid adult for this, for this child of mine or whatever. Uh-huh. And less we are empathetic and we're open Oh yeah, we then just we are. Our, then yeah. we're not. Yeah, that's what right. Because yeah. all okay. you're doing is perpetuating yes. the same belief system, yes. right? Without yeah. an opportunity for any kind of could we expand the conversation outside of what we already believe to be true, mm-hmm. right? Just expand the conversation. That's just all. not because we're promoting it, but 
No, just this is for... because somebody else is actually living that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. What if it taught nothing but empathy for someone who's in a different experience than what you're in? If nothing else, you can be appreciative that you're not in that experience. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then you might be able to have some empathy for the choices and decisions that somebody who's in that experience is making. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. We right. could list off 100 books right here where we could all... all Right. Right. Because they're all the ones that have been pulled from my library, probably. Right. Right. Or are being on a list to be pulled from the library. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Um, That's what makes them scary. Mm -hmm. We have uh, Corey Lee said, truth is intellectually the experience of what one sees as reality, which is wholly shaped by environment, Moore's family and peers. It's true. Mm -hmm. Holy. Truth is... Exactly. Well, you that. can't. You our, can't our imagine what you can't imagine. Mm-hmm. You right. don't know. This yeah. is my favorite saying, and I've been saying this like ad nauseum for the last several months to my students and my sons. It's like you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Until you don't know it, mm-hmm. and if you can't even be exposed to the knowledge of it, how do you develop humanity around it? Yeah. And that's even in, that's in everything. Yeah. You know, if you have a limited set of experiences, that's all you know. So if you don't know mm-hmm. what's out there for you, you're not going to set a goal for what that is. Right. So you'll stay limited mm-hmm. if you have such a narrow set of, I know I have a friend who teaches at an alternative high school who says some of his students haven't been out of St. George. Oh, Oh, I have yeah. students that I'm, have never I'm been out of St. George. How many have yeah. been out? And, and so more than a hundred mile radius of St. George. So their their expectation is not to go out; it's to stay. Yeah, because that's what they've that's all they their experience. And yeah. so, yeah. So, um, I was, so yeah, I was the title say, of the book again. Yeah, the title of the book is "Our Missing Hearts" by Celeste Eng, and her last name is spelled N G. And I in, it case, was in case you're, you know, not clear, that is not a Smith or a Peterson or a Jones name. What are you saying, Jill? I'm saying it will be just important just to read it so you get a perspective of someone else, too. One of the things that I love, too, is that... Um, so I'm not going to obviously share any names, but I have someone in our... I had a student in our school who was uh, a minority student that moved in from out of state. And in one of their writings, they wrote about going on the bus and people spreading out on the bus, the school bus, so that there wouldn't be a room, be room for this person to sit there. One of the things that's so powerful about books I think, and even conversation and shared experience. And we, mm-hmm. I do a lot of conversation in my class, which is why we're so far behind. <laughs> but um, what behind in one sense of the word. No, I was just going to say ahead, ahead, behind ahead. of what? Yeah, in yeah, some other ahead. senses. Um, I honestly don't believe that that is done, spreading out so somebody doesn't sit there, is done because of the color of your skin or anything like that. I think it's done because they're uncomfortable and don't know what they would do or say. 
the person who's experiencing that, though, when that's a shared experience, I haven't had that experience because of race. But have I experienced something similar walking on the bus and knowing how it feels when you're looking at everybody and it doesn't feel like there's a seat and nobody's making room for you? Yes, that I can have a shared experience with. In that moment, I can feel what that must have felt like to you. Right. And I can have shared empathy with you in an experience in a way that I couldn't have had previously if I didn't know of that shared experience. Exclusion. And yeah. that's what conversation does. That's what books do. You know, um, Socrates talks about that an unexamined life and, and um, Emerson does the same thing. An, mm-hmm. Unexam- mm-hmm. Um, an unexamined life is... A life not, not worth, worth living. living. Right. Yeah. Um, and Socrates says, no, what you believe and why you believe it. And I think uh, for a lot of people, we are adamant about what we believe. But if it comes right down to it and we got to have an honest, an honest conversation beyond what we've been told about why we're supposed to believe that. Mm-hmm. But we could just have an honest conversation about the why behind believing it, oh my gosh, we could be so much further mm-hmm. along, mm-hmm. but we don't see it really being important, mentored by any people in positions of power on either side of the spectrum. Right. Um, we don't even see it in school board meetings. We don't see it in local politics. We don't see it in half of the classrooms that we're teaching next to other teachers, we don't, mm-hmm. we're not having those conversations necessarily. About the why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. about the mm-hmm. why. Why is it that I believe that to be true? And I'm and am I open that maybe it isn't? Or maybe not it usually. is, but maybe there's another perspective. I don't have to give up my truth in order to be able to recognize and appreciate yours. Oh, that see, there's the there's the thing that I I think we need to teach the most. There's mm-hmm. the, that catchphrase right there. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to give up your, your belief, truth. no, or your truth to recognize appreciate recognize and appreciate that someone else has another truth. And I, and that's I okay. am not asking you to give up yours to believe mine either. Right. No. right. If we could just acknowledge and and accept and respect that there is not a cookie cutter, nor should there be a standard cookie cutter, because what in the Sam hell is that going to look like? Mm -hmm. Well, it's a scary idea Mm. that there would be a cookie cutter. And this is part of what the book talks about is talking about. Yeah, it is. part. Sean, are you okay? Bless you, Sean. Nobody heard me except you. <laughs> <laughs> talking about except you. God love you, Sean. Are you okay? <laughs> See, nobody heard that. Because the microphone's my microphone was off. Well, but I so sneezed. We just wanted better. to send blessings. We did, <laughs> and we wanted to I make sure the quiet. spirits mm-hmm. did not get into your myself. soul. Oh, right. Thank God. That's why we say thank God. You Heaven know that. Bound, here I come. That's exactly right. why they say bless you. So. Um, Kim Michelle, you mentioned that you are going through some moral dilemmas with your students or having your students look at moral dilemmas. Yeah. So they do, um, uh, we've been working on that who you are is not 
um, how you identify with social media. It's not how you identify necessarily with culture and family history. All of those things can affect how you choose to view yourself in the world. But truly, your authentic self is who you are at the core of you. Mm-hmm. And that's usually a value-based kind of driven experience. What are those four or five key core values that you know to be true of you, even when you don't operate from those? Because you won't. You'll have plenty of times in life where the immediacy of gratification or um, the elimination of a potential consequence will choose you to make a decision that feels like you're going to get the benefit in the moment, even if it's out of alignment with who you know yourself to be at your core. Yeah, I just talked today about how our personality traits get in the way of yeah. some of our goals. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Holy cow. Yeah. Exactly. So we've been talking about that. Personality traits is one of mm-hmm. those identifiers mm-hmm. that are on the outside of you that it can affect your your vision of your self-identity. But your self-identity is really internal Yeah. Um, or hopefully. And so part of that, that they're going to do tomorrow, right? All of my students who I'm sure are listening, (laughs) I'm sure that's the fan base you see out there. Mm -hmm. Um, They will then be, so they've been working about creating their best self imagery and character. And they're going to be, have an opportunity to be faced with some moral dilemmas or ethical dilemmas. And then not even how would you respond? Because I think that can feel like pressure, but how would your best self respond in this situation? I like that separation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to have a chance to do that. So I thought, well, it might be fun for uh, us to take a little bit of a look at a moral or ethical dilemmas and what is it that we might do. And this Mm -hmm. is exactly the type of conversation, really, honestly. When we chose to do a great day to talk, it was taking the conversations that we're having and see if you might not enjoy being a part of the conversation. So these are definitely very... Uh, these are the exact same things like we would kind of talk about. Yeah. These are core dinner-based so, conversations. So do you yeah. differentiate in your classroom um, between moral and ethical? Well, I think there is a distinction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but they're still going to be different for each person. Mm-hmm. And um, part of the conversation is so much of moral is tied to a Puritan Right and wrong concept. Yes. Mm -hmm. Of right, wrong, good, bad. And that's why I love the dilemma, because it reinforces that there is not a good, bad, right, wrong, that there isn't a true answer, which for a lot of kids and even adults is a really difficult concept because all they want is to know what is the right answer. What's the right thing to do? What's the right answer? What's the right answer? Just tell me what the right answer is and then I'll do it. I'll write it. Tell me the words I should say in this Mm -hmm. sentence and I'll write them here, but I won't do that. I'll just say, you know what? I, I created a parenthesis around this sentence because to me, this sentence could use improvement. Well, what should I say? I don't know. Focus on the sentence and you tell me how you think the sentence might be better. Right. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about that makes, moral and ethical really dilemmas. Do you talk, talk about, about ethics as universal principles for everyone or do you talk about ethics as 
the um, what the law says, well, and morals, what your individual right and wrong is. But wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait. But where? But do you or do you talk about morals as in what a group of people determine is, is a moral? Well, I think that that's where morals and ethics can become clouded. It mm-hmm. used to be more distinguished because I think you would say that laws, for example, are not morality based. They are ethically based, right? But more and more, I don't think that you're seeing um, a distinction between those kind of two separate separate places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that you can have a moral, you can have moral standards that are established. However, the moral dilemma or even the ethical dilemma isn't for anybody else to say to you that's a moral or ethical dilemma. It really is within your own system. Your own feelings. Mm -hmm. Within your own um, authentic beingness. Is this a dilemma for you? But I really work to move away from good, bad, right, wrong. Right, judgment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and into the place of most of, come on, most of the world shows up in gray. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, If you ask kids, should you steal, then all of them, uh, 100% would say, even those who are stealing, would say, no, you should not steal. Mm -hmm. If you ask, should any child go to bed hungry at night? then almost all of them would say, no, no child should go to bed hungry at night. So if I don't have any food and I'm the provider for my family and I don't have any food to feed my family. And so when the bakery closes, I go in the back door that's left open and take bread to feed my family. Then what? And for most of them, they're like, oh, blah, 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 because It, everything in their world should be good, bad, right, wrong, black, white, right. and but life does life shows up in the gray. Well, right. so I teach Kohlberg's moral dilemma, in uh, Lawrence Kohlberg said that we we experience um, moral decision making in stages, and and those stages follow different ages, and mm-hmm. then the final stages, um, universal um, principles for everyone. So should. You know, the, the, if I would choose it for me, would I choose it for you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if, if I need to steal medicine to save my wife, um, I should, because everyone should have the right to live. Mm -hmm. So that's that last stage Yeah, at the beginning. It's different. Anyway, we go through that. And so, um, they have to learn that, well, it's not black and white. You shouldn't steal until there's okay. Under what circumstances. And so what do you, do you have a moral dilemma for us? I do. I do. So these are not the ones that I'm presenting to my students. (laughs) And just so that you're aware, there's our very school-ish kind of, right. you know, Tied around somebody's being bullied in, in the classroom. And as your best self, what choice or decision would right. you make in that situation? Now, I also know that all of them would probably say, oh, yeah, I would. I would for sure. Stick yeah, up. I would mm-hmm. for sure do that. Uh, but then they're also asked, what are the costs and potential benefits from making that choice or decision mm-hmm. so that they are at least thinking that process through, right? So here is one. So you go out with your husband for dinner at a new restaurant you have not frequented before. It is in a part of town you rarely visit. 
you're shocked to see that your friend's spouse is having dinner with a very young, attractive person. From the way they are um, behaving, it is obvious they are more than friends. The couple finish their meal and leave without seeing you. They behave very affectionately on their way out the door. What do you do? I talk to that person and I say, okay, you get to tell your spouse before I do. So if they did not tell their spouse, then you would tell the spouse. I think I would. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting that a lot of times we don't tell when we should. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, my, I'm married to an identical twin, as you know, and Riley and I lived here um, <clears throat> a couple of years before his identical twin and wife moved here. And um, Rick and his wife would go to the mall or go out to dinner and people oh. were looking, people looked, oh. at, looked at him very sideways, but no because one, no one said anything. Nobody <sighs> called me. And um, it wasn't until, um, you know, I was dropping off one of my daughters to dance and the, the gal at the counter's like, so how are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, well, great, great. Now, are you, did you guys get divorced? And I'm all, no. And she went, oh. oh. <laughs> and I was like, did you see my husband's twin? Oh, <laughs> And most my people gosh. didn't know that, that he there was, was a, a twin. twin. Yeah. But it was, uh, nobody told, nobody said anything to me. And I've just for, you know, over the years are like, you know, the, the spouse that's being cheated on is always the last to know. Yeah. But why is that? Why, you know, and, and, and depending on how close we are to the friend, like under what circumstance do we get involved? Right. But we should maybe look at me. I'm like, this is what I would do. (laughs) This Right. right. Well, I mean, it would have not, I obviously didn't think through any no, of the different scenarios. But you, no, but that, you may. Yeah. I, I think I don't I don't uh, there's not a right or wrong. May. No. That's the thing. It just is there are costs and benefits to each choice and decision mm-hmm. you would make. Yeah. So as you weigh those, you know, part of that is okay, I would want to tell the friend, um, and I'm like you, I would probably tell the person. spouse. Mm-hmm. I hey, would make I sure saw I saw them and, and that they uh, saw me. It made me feel uncomfortable, which means it probably would make your wife feel uncomfortable unless she's totally aware. So if you don't make her aware, then I'm probably going to feel like I have mm-hmm. to say yeah. something. Yeah. Um, even though his response may be, it's just really none of your business, which could be true too. But the other thing is, I think if he didn't say anything and I'm like, okay, now I'm going to speak to my friend, I probably need to preface that conversation with, would you want to know? Oh my God. Yes. What do you think, Sean? I think you just go up to him and have a super casual, hey, how's it going? How you been? And then have like maybe 30 seconds of small talk. 30 seconds of silence. Of just, not even silence. No, just small <laughs> Wait, talk. for them to uh-huh. like, introduce Like you. nothing's wrong. Just like, hey, how you doing? And if he uh, introduces or if he doesn't. Right. But it's like, I'm here. Make a point. I, I see know. you. I see you were here. I'm not going to embarrass you now. That's... And it's going to be up to them to contact yeah. you and be like, hey, okay, let's. And then, mm-hmm. then you have the discussion. But I think ruining dinner, come on. No. 
I mean, uh, oh, I don't no. want to be crying over creme brulee. No, now remember. <laughs> oh, no, I love creme brulee. <laughs> remember, in this situation, they've left without they've left seeing without you. Seeing they were, you. They're already gone. Yeah. So yeah. any conversation you would be having, it would be long after the mm-hmm. fact. But I also know that sometimes the other person doesn't want to know. And so, yeah. uh, you know, I think... Well, here, I get to ask, would you want to know if I knew something, would you want to know it? That's to the two of you. I would say yes. Yes. But See, Scott, if I honey, I know that would never be you because <laughs> I, you, I would take you out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think I, I always think it's better to have the information to make educated decisions. That's it. Yeah. That's um, it. I'm telling you, having been in an experience where some that was stuff came out uh-huh i'm telling you there's nothing worse than not knowing mm-hmm. at least for me nothing mm-hmm. worse than not knowing because then the knowing becomes absolutely mortifying yeah because you're the last one to know yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think the most important part of this is um what you do or don't do, part of it is what I wouldn't do is talk to anybody else. Exactly. About yeah. the situation. Exactly. Um, well, and and in Kohlberg's, like I was mentioning, Lawrence Kohlberg's stages. I, we, I'd love to sit down and talk yeah, to you about yeah, that. Yeah. 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 So he, t- he doesn't care if you say yes, still the medicine, no, still the medicine. He cares about why. The justification. Yeah. Yeah. And so the first stage of why they say yes or no is one reason. And the second is a different reason. And the third is a different reason. It's, it's interesting. Um, so kids are very black and white. So the first stage is younger kids and they're like, no, you can't still because stealing is bad because you're teaching. Right. And they're limited life experience. Uh Right. Or yes, you can still because you need to s- steal the medicine to save your wife. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then um, the second is no, you can't still because you don't want to be in trouble. Right. Mm-hmm. And External motivation. Yes, yes, you need to still because you don't want your wife mad at you that you didn't still do what could have been done. Right. <sighs> and then the third is. Yes, you still, because everyone has the right to mm-hmm. life. Uh, to life. Yep. Or no, you don't still, because everyone has the right to charge however much they want for the medicine. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's a really layers. layers of, yeah. uh, but it's, it's not about three. yes or no. It's about why. What is yeah. the specifics uh-huh. behind And it. so it, I think you could even use that in your moral dilemma discussion. Sure. Is, okay, so do you... Call the person you busted and say, hey, I saw you at a restaurant with so-and-so. You need to tell your wife before I do or your husband before I do. Why? Why are you doing that? I know why I would do it. Do you know why you would do it? I pro- it, If I was a good friend to the person that didn't know, I feel like it was my friendly obligation it was maybe your, your duty as yeah. a friend as, to, a, as I, someone that you I, yeah. love I think my why love. would be just because someone who's invested like that has a right to the information what they choose to 
do, do with that, it. That, yeah, that's exactly. totally. Mm-hmm. That's totally not, with not, them. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, yeah. and that's the, that's another thing. Is it's so easy for all of us to say, "Oh my gosh, if that happened to me, I would leave in a second. Would you? Because it's a lot to leave. Mm-hmm. It, it, if you have kids, yeah. you have homes, you have this, you have that. Right. So, so I never. I always look at, and I didn't always. Now mm-hmm. that I'm older, right. And, um, but now I see, I get why some people stay and work stay. through that. Absolutely. Yeah. When probably 20 years ago, I'd have It'll said, be, I'm out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You better know it. Yeah, I am out. <laughs> but, or I can't believe they stayed. Yeah. And there's so many well, reasons. Well, see, and that's the, that, that piece is the separate, a separate moral judgment. Do you judge someone based on their own decision? If that's, that's no, to me, that's a whole separate, right? Moral and dilemma. That is ethical, a whole separate uh-huh. moral uh, dilemma. Yeah, yeah. And, and moral. And could is you that stay the right friends word? with someone who, right, knowingly stayed? I mean, that, mm-hmm. right? Especially right. when they're taking a stand around that. I'm, I'm going. I'm going to stay here. But then, in other areas of their life, they totally do the opposite of what that would be, right? Like they Mm -hmm. draw a clear line and nope, you're out of my life now because Mm -hmm. of this happened, but they're choosing to stay over here. Mm -hmm. That's why we're complicated. I I talk to my students about this all the time. We mm -hmm. are complicated creatures Mm -hmm. and knowing you is the essence of being able to get through some of that complication. And I mean, our time's up, but I, I think it, just spins right back to why we read, read connections yes. to, to have our self reflection somewhere. Self reflection, but also to experience others' experiences that maybe we won't. Yep. And their decisions. And so I hope uh, our podcast today made you go, hmm. 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 <laughs> and as you read the book, you go, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Yeah. And friends, I'm I mean, getting it tonight. Get I'm, it. Yeah. Yep. Get it, get it from our local book bungalow, get it from wherever you get your books, but get it. And as it starts to haunt you, like it's haunting me, you know, it, it's there's so it's much good. to think yeah. about. We'll so I'm always, I'm always a different person. That. Yep. I'm always in a different yeah. frame of thinking after every book. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Yay. Thank you, my dear friends. So happy you so to be much. back together. Yay. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Have happy a great week. night. Happy week. <laughs>